We have been in this kind of crazy uh, up and down and all around uh, adventure journey uh, through the book of Acts this semester uh, in our series called Fresh Wind and Fresh Fire. And, uh, you know, if you've uh, been here for uh, most or all of that, you have uh, just heard all kinds of different uh, stories, different things that took place uh, in the uh, the wild west of the early church uh, in the pioneer days uh, when uh, things were just getting started in this little movement uh, that was actually called the way uh, in, that, uh, in that part of the world in that time uh, with these, this little fledgling band uh, of believers who were following uh, this guy named Jesus who had uh, lived and had this extraordinary ministry and had been crucified and buried and and raised again uh, they claimed they believed um, and uh, and then but after he, even he had gone he had ascended to heaven something even more extraordinary in many ways came uh, in the form of the Holy Spirit among these people and did incredible and amazing uh, things. And so we've, we've been through a lot of those stories, stories of boldness, of liberation, of regeneration, um, all through uh, this, this book. And, and, and I, as I always say when we do things like this, uh, it's impossible to actually really truly get into the depths of these things, and so that's why I want to encourage you, if you've not read the book of Acts, do that. Make that something that you do over the break. It's not hard uh, to do. It doesn't take very long, but it is extraordinary, because all we can do in times like this is kind of skip across uh, the surface, even with um, as extraordinary as uh, some of the, the things that we've talked about have been. Uh, well, we have uh, the job, since this is our last uh, uplift tonight, of finishing out the book of Acts. So that gives us like, you know, eight chapters or so uh, to cover. So buckle up. I hope you didn't have anything else to do uh, this week because uh, we're doing this. All right. Glad, glad you came. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, you know, <laughs> lock the doors, everybody. No more escapees. <laughs> All right. So uh, if you've been around, we, we, uh, the, the, the book of Acts kind of ends up uh, concentrating on really two main figures. And who would you say that those two people are that, that end up kind of floating to the surface in the book of Acts? What? Peter and Paul, that's right, yes. So we have all these stories about Peter and everything uh, that took place with Peter. So they're this kind of brash, crazy disciple that, uh, you know, was filled with, with fear and trepidation and different things. But, you know, the Holy Spirit came to him, and he, he ended up uh, becoming uh, the, one, of, one of the most extraordinary figures in the early church. Uh, but then we have this other guy who comes on the scene just almost suddenly, uh, in Saul, right? Is, is, that was his original name, and he actually went by that for for a while. Uh, Saul. And what happened to Saul? He's on this road to Damascus. He's this uh, on the on this mission to kill the people of the way, right? To just stamp this thing out because it is uh, in in his view and and the and the his cohorts. This was a uh, basically heretical movement. 
uh, in Judaism that was poisoning um, everything. And so these people just needed to go, right? And he was vicious about that. So he's walking on the road to Damascus to uh, uh, take care of some more business in that way. Jesus comes in, in this extraordinary light and vision uh, to him, blinds him, and uh, you've heard the rest of the story. Right? And so much of the book of Acts covers extraordinary things that took place uh, with the Holy Spirit's move in the person of Paul. Right? So that's, kinda, that's how we're going to uh, finish out tonight with an extraordinary, epic journey. And I think a movie, you know, we have movies of, of Jesus. We have movies of, you know, uh, kind of some of the kind of epic stories in the Old Testament. But I, as far as I know, we don't have any movie about this. And I wish that we did because it's amazing. And it, we actually don't talk about it very much. Uh, but it's, it's, a, it's really a story that spans several chapters, right? Normally we have stories in one chapter, we go to another story, we go to another story. But we have this story that spreads out uh, through like seven different chapters. So I want to actually take you through that story right now as we wind up uh, the book of Acts. And we'll come to that in just a little bit. Um, <clears throat> okay, so we come to chapter 21 in Acts. There's 28 chapters in the book of Acts, and we have almost an innocuous story of Paul, okay? There's Paul, who we've talked about. Paul comes uh, to Jerusalem, and he starts teaching in the temple there, so that happens all the time. Paul comes, people come, they teach in the temple. It's what it's, it's, what it's for. It's what people do. He's teaching in the temple, and there's this group of Jews from Asia that are really, like, they are really ticked off at what he's doing and what he's saying, for some reason, it's this group that starts everything. And what they did is they stir up this protest and, uh, and end up trying to kill him. Like, they are determined to get rid of Paul. Um, but what happens in this big kind of, uh, this almost riot that takes place is, uh, who, are the, who is the, the, the ruling authority in this area at the time? Who's kind of occupying and keeping control of these people? Who's that? The Romans. Right, the Romans. So there's this Roman, uh, uh, this Roman commander who uh, orders these uh, soldiers to intervene, and they uh, they actually save his life, but they are, have him arrested. So they need order. The Romans are there to keep order in this place, ab order above all. So when this thing starts happening, they say, "Well, we got to get, we got to take care of this, uh, arrest this guy, quell this riot." Um, and, and what happens after he gets arrested, and then we move into chapter 22, is he starts telling the crowd his story. So there's kind of, he's like, he's there, but then he starts speaking, and he actually starts talking all this story about going on the road to Damascus and being converted. And, um, but that just incites the crowd even more. Um, and the, as, as a punishment for this, the Roman uh, commander orders him to be flogged. Okay, so we just need to shut this guy up, calm these people down, and get, get rid of this, this disturbance. Uh, when Paul says, well, hey, guess what? I'm a Roman citizen. And which the, the, Ro the, the Roman commander is like, ah, okay. So, uh, okay, let's stop the flogging and let's deal with this because we can't actually do this to Roman citizens. They have these rights that other people don't have, which is a whole other story. Um, 
And so as a result of this, Paul, and we're moving into chapter 23 now, Paul gets bef- uh, put before the Sanhedrin and the chief priest to be accused. Um, but then a fight breaks. So it's, it's, like, it's always a fight. A fight breaks out um, uh, among the Sanhedrin and the, and the chief priests, and they start this huge argument. And Paul actually has to be removed by uh, the Roman soldiers again. Um, and the Lord, uh, the Lord tells Paul, hold on to this. Take courage because he's going to testify. You're going to testify about me in Rome. Okay? Now, hold on to that. Um, so then what happens from there in, in, in the end of chapter 23 is the Romans form, or the Jews uh, form this conspiracy to kill Paul. Um, which, and there's this other really crazy story that happens where that ends up uh, with a, the Roman commander finding out about this. Um, and so, uh, uh, where am I? <laughs> oh, and he has him transferred to Caesarea uh, by a large, like he's put in this middle of this huge group of Roman soldiers that all take him uh, to Caesarea out of this whole thing. Okay, so we go into chapter 24. And Paul has a hearing. Uh, before this guy is this governor named Felix in Caesarea, but he ends up being held there. He like gets put in prison, waiting to go on trial for two years. Uh, he just sits in prison. They never get to him. He just, he just languishes in prison there. Um, and so Felix actually ends up leaving that post, and he gets, uh, he gets replaced uh, by Festus, okay? So Festus comes in. We're in tw- 25 now. Festus, now ho- hold on. With, hang on with me. Hang on with me. Are you with me? Chapter 25, okay. So no more Felix. We got Festus now. Festus comes in. He's like first day on the job. He goes to Jerusalem, and uh, the chief priests immediately uh, come to him, and they're like, they try to convince him to bring Paul to Jerusalem uh, so that we can have, like, uh, let's ha- we need to still have this trial, right? So you need to bring him to Jerusalem so we can do this trial. But what they have in mind is while he's being transferred to Jerusalem, they're going to ambush him and they're going to kill him. They still, even after Paul's been sitting in prison, they still have it in mind to get rid of this guy by killing him. Okay? So they, like, bring him to Jerusalem so we can ambush him and kill him. Uh, well, in their minds, they're saying that. Uh, bring him to Jerusalem so he can have a fair trial, right? Um, <clears throat> so, so Festus is like, I don't know, I'm going to Caesarea. How about you come with me and we'll do the trial there? And like, ah, right. um, <laughs> it's all about, it's great. It's great. So, um, so Festus asked him if he will go to, to Jerusalem. So they, they go to, to Caesarea and, and he's like, well, okay, these people want to do it in Jerusalem. How about you come to Jerusalem, uh, with me and we'll do this trial there. And, 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 uh, uh, Paul says, I appeal to Caesar. Right, kind of random, right? I appeal to Caesar, which means what? He's, he's, he is a Roman citizen. He's evoking the, this right to be heard by the king. So he's been sitting in prison forever. Whatever. So, so Festus says, to Caesar you will go. I love that. It's right there in the Bible. So to Caesar you will go. Right? Okay. So, but then this little, this little interlude happens where this guy, Herod Agrippa, uh, he, he comes in and he's like, hey, this is all kind of fun. How about we just like have this trial as like a, like a bit of an entertainment uh, for me? We're in tra- uh, chapter 26 now. So uh, Herod Agrippa decides to hear th- his the, ca- the case. They do this whole kind of mock trial almost, and Agrippa's like, this is boring. There's nothing with this guy. Why are we even doing this? There's no charges that, are, that even make sense. 
uh, for them. So Agrippa dismisses him and says, you've appealed to Caesar, fine, send him to Caesar. Okay, so where is Caesar? In Rome, okay? So we're in, we're kind of in Palestine, way over here. Let's put the, let's put the, uh, the map up here. Okay, so we're way over here on the right, kind of in, in Caesarea, in Jerusalem's right there. Uh, so he says, well, you've appealed to Caesar, and he has, he's like, he's actually like, well, if he hadn't appealed to Caesar, I would just let him go, because there's nothing, he'd just be a free man, you know. Uh, but he's appealed to Caesar, so we're sending him off to Rome. Okay, so here we go. In chapter uh, 26, he starts heading off uh, to Rome. Okay, so Paul's rounded up with these, this other kind of band of prisoners who all also need uh, to go to Rome, and they're put on this, uh, this boat that boards at, at Rantium, kind of right down where you see the beginning of the line. Hold on with me. I know this isn't real exciting, but hold on with me. Okay, it's going to get exciting. They sailed uh, along the, the coast of Asia. You can see, you can kind of follow with me there, uh, to Sidon and across the sea to Myra, okay? Um, and it's there they get transferred to another boat, this Roman, uh, the, another Roman uh, commander. He, like, he finds this other boat that's heading uh, on to uh, Italy, and he puts them all on this boat. And so they set out. Um, uh, but things get a little weird uh, out on the sea. Now, what tends to happen when we have a story of people out on the sea in the Bible? Like, what's, <laughs> what? Right, like, we don't have any stories of they just, well, they sailed, and they sailed, and they sailed, and they sailed, and then they got to where they were going safely, and everybody, everything was fine, right? You don't have any stories like that of people on the sea in the Bible. Yeah, Okay, so you know they're on the sea, so you know something crazy is going to happen. This massive, massive storm uh, starts to, to, to come up after, uh, after they leave this uh, Isle of Crete. It talks about they, they, uh, they land in this place called Fair Havens, and it talks about a little things that happen there. Then they move on, and this giant, and it's even in the Bible called Northeaster. This giant Northeaster comes and uh, starts, uh, and they're, they're out on the sea for, for weeks uh, at a time, it weeks at a time, even to the point where they run out of food, okay? They don't even have any food that they're eating anymore. They're trying to keep the boat together, um, but Paul says, uh, Paul says things are going to get worse. You should not go this way. Things are going to get worse, so what do you think they do? Yeah, they go that way, right? That's why we have these stories, right? Um, the centurion ignored him, you know, like, whatever, okay? So eventually this hurricane force of a storm, this northeaster comes, uh, and things get so bad that they start throwing all the cargo overboard, uh, and, and they actually start securing the ship by, by putting ropes all the way around uh, the ship, just trying to keep the thing uh, together, okay? But Paul's like, it's, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. But, but why? why? Why does he say that? Remember what we held on to? You're going to go to Rome. You're going to go to Rome, and you're going to testify to me in Rome. Okay, hold on to that. All right. Every uh, so we're we're now we're now we're in, we're getting towards the end of chapter 27. Uh, things get so bad they start throwing the cargo over the board. They start securing the ship. Paul tries to say it's going to be okay, uh, but then the 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 ship eventually runs aground. 
uh, and is destroyed on this tiny little uh, island over here called Malta. So it's like they're almost there, right? Um, but it runs aground. Everything, the, the ship is destroyed. They all make it, uh, thankfully, to the land. Some of them swam. Some of them floated on, on pieces of the ship into the, the, uh, in, into the island. Um, and so now they're on this island that they don't even kind of even know where they are, right? That's just like this freaking epic here, right? This is amazing. This would make a great movie, right? Like, I want to watch this movie, right? <laughs> I want to watch this movie. Okay, so they, they're shipwrecked on this island, and the first thing that, that they, one of the first things that they try to do is just, like, just build a fire, right? Well, you got all this destroyed ship, you know, just start a fire. Okay, so this thing happens there where uh, Paul's, like, helping build this fire, and this snake jumps out of the fire and, and grabs hold of his hand, Okay, so <laughs> it's awesome, right? It's awesome. It's, it's, it, 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 it grabs hold of his hand, and the, the locals on the island uh, who had been helping him out, they're like, well, he must be, he must be a sinner. He must be, you know, uh, he, uh, this, this must be his fate, or this wouldn't happen. But guess what Paul does? <laughs> He's like, he shakes the snake off. And, and that's it. <laughs> Dude, it's all there. It's all there. Read it. Read it. It's amazing. He just sh- shakes the snake off. So then, so the locals on this island go from like, well, he must be a sinner doomed to he's a what? He's a god, right? That nobody could, nobody could, uh, you know, <laughs> this is awesome. I love it. He's, he's a god, okay? So, uh, so he shakes his snake off, you know. So they end up uh, being on this, this island for, for quite a long time uh, while they're trying to get things together to, to move on to Rome. So they, they end up uh, getting this other ship uh, that, that had come to the island that was heading on to Rome. So they, they rounded up these people. Uh, they were actually trying to kill the prisoners that were on, and, and Paul, or the, the Roman commander was like, no, I, I need Paul. To li- I like Paul. <laughs> There's some reason I like Paul. Um, so don't kill these guys. Let's, let's get them on. Uh, to Rome. Okay, so then we move into chapter 28. Uh, well, actually, uh, that's, that's a lot of that's in uh, chapter 28. And so, um, and three months later, they set sail again for Rome. Okay, so then, then we move into to chapter 20. I think we're kind of like back where now we're at where, you know, it should have been a long time ago if we hadn't been lost out to sea and shipwrecked and, and all that. Okay, so then what, what it has in chapter 28 is uh, he begins speaking with the Jews, and some of the Jews um, actually believe. Some of them don't believe, and they kind of uh, they they get against him and, and start making fun of him. He quotes from Isaiah, um, and we end we end chapter twenty. It just cuts off with uh, Paul was there for two years, and that's that's the book of Acts, right? <laughs> all that was about getting him to Rome so we can have this trial before Caesar, and what happens? I don't really know. I don't know. That's, that's the Bible. The Bible, that's what the Bible does for you. Right? Okay. Now. Okay. So, yeah, we build, to, we build to this trial, but we don't even know anything about it. But we end. What we end? We end with Paul testifying about God to the people in Rome. 
what does this tell you about Paul? If we just end there, what do you know about Paul after all of this? Talk to me. Persistent. Yeah? Faithful, persistent, faithful, courageous. All right, right. <laughs> in prison, sitting in prison for two years. Right. Yeah, well, yeah, it's very likely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where would you be if you went to say, now just, you know, be honest with me, where would you be if you what, went up to the South Mall and you just started saying something about Jesus and immediately a riot broke out and you're arrested and you're put in prison where you sit for two years and nobody's even come to you for a trial. Where, we, where would you be mentally? Do what? You right, what would that do to your spirit? What would that do to your, your drive? What would that do to just your, your morale? Yes, there's a bright side to prison. No finals in prison. (laughs) Lord, take me. (laughs) Do I just have to go to the South Mall and start talking about Jesus for that time? Bring it. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Okay, all right. Well, I get it. Okay. Not really the direction I thought we would go with that, but (laughs) it's okay. Look at, look at how everything, everything gets totally derailed for Paul for the longest time and in some of the worst ways, right? Nothing really goes right at this point for him, right? He's... He gets arrested. He almost gets flogged. He gets transferred from here and there. There's plots to kill him. Uh, Nobody's really taking him seriously. The only way he's getting out of anything is invoking this Roman citizenship that gave him some, you know, some kind of rights, some kind of outs from what the Jews wanted to do to him, right? Nothing's really going right for him. But God stands by him back in chapter 23. And there's this one line. And I'm sure it's a lot more for Paul, you know, in some some kind of reality place. But in this story, we have this one line. And we we go all the way back to chapter 23 for this. And I'm going to read that to you again. Take courage. As you have testified about me in Jerusalem, so you must also testify in Rome. Right? Just those two simple little lines. And the first line is two words, right? What is it again? Take courage. Take courage. You will continue to testify about me. And I want to believe that there's something in that, that line, that one line given to Paul way back 
that says, I can go through sitting in jail. I can go through almost getting killed. I can go through having all of these enemies who want me dead. I can go through a devastating shipwreck out on the middle of the sea. I can go through being washed up on an island. I can go through getting bit by a snake. I can go through being sent on to Rome, where I'm also sitting for years, waiting, still still under arrest. I can go through that because God has told me to take courage because you will testify for me. Right? When do we give up on things? When do we get, when do we say that's enough? That's enough. There's my threshold. I've I've reached my threshold. No more. Where's our threshold? Where's our threshold on all kinds of things? Right? Where sh- where should have Paul's threshold been before he said this just really isn't worth it? <laughs> Snake, I'd have put it a lot before, I would put it way before then, right? I mean, I've been, I've been through some difficult things in ministry. I hadn't been through anything like this, and I've been through things that have just really been horrible experiences for me where I've said, that may be enough. That may be enough. But Paul said, because Paul knew, well, there's probably going to be even more, but that's not enough, because I'm going to keep pressing. I'm going to keep going. Because God himself has said, take courage. Take courage. And I want to believe that God's not just saying that to Paul. God is saying that to you right now. Tonight. This week. Next week. Take courage. Take courage. I need you for my sake. And because I need you, I'm going to press you through all of these things. I mean, I'm not going to save you from them. Take courage. Peace among you. You'll be saved from all of this. No, that's never a promise. It's never a promise from God. that Everything will just be wonderful for you. The promise is I'm going to use you. So take courage. He's going to use you, and he needs you. He's got a Rome for you to go to. And I don't know where that Rome is for you, but you have a Rome. And God is saying to you right now, take courage. Paul talks about some of this stuff later, especially in 2 Corinthians. He references a lot lot of the stuff he's been through. As a, a, as a way of, of illustrating, just here's my life. Second Corinthians chapter 11, and we'll move into chapter 12. Whatever anyone else dares to boast about, I'm speaking as a fool. I also dare to boast about. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they Abraham's descendants? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I'm more. 
I've worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, have been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. How many times? We read about one. That was plenty, right? Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from the Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have gone without food. I've been cold and naked. And a little bit later in chapter 12, therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, because he knows what he's been through. He knows all the qualifications he has. I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Did Paul do all of this because he was a Marvel superhero? Is that the movie we would watch? It's probably the movie we'd like to watch, right? It's kind of the image that we have. Like, this is Paul the, Paul the Christian superhero movie. And Paul's actually saying, this would be Paul the weakling movie. Paul, the one who's weak. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So can you be this Paul? Well, that depends on how weak you are. Shouldn't it depend on how strong you are, how resilient you are, how determined you are? No, it depends on how weak you are. Because that does what? What does that do? What does your weakness do? Do what? Say it louder. That's right. It makes the way for the strength of Christ, which is the Holy Spirit in you. So if you know how weak you are, then God says, that's how I want you to know how strong the Holy Spirit is. And that's what will create these stories in your life, whatever they look like. These stories are for you if you know your weakness and the strength of Christ. There's a room that God is taking you to. How is he getting you there? Right. Let's pray about that. Father, we're thankful for this book and thankful for what it reveals to us, thankful for the stories in it, thankful for the characters in it. 
thankful for the power of the boldness and the liberation and the regeneration that we find in it um, that comes all through the Holy Spirit that works through weak people to make them amazingly strong uh, to produce in them a kind of uh, uh, resilience of spirit, a strength of spirit uh, that allows like, somebody like Paul to face all these things because he knows that God is still using him. He knows what God is doing with him. Father, and we're thankful for that. Let that be the spirit, the exact same spirit that gives us the exact same strength in all that we face, in all that we do, in all that we are. And we pray this right now in the name of Christ. Amen.